0: So we're 52 weeks in. It's been a year. And I'm supposed to talk about what happened. And, and with a project like this, and what I think my favorite part about this project is, is when we set out for a year, we said, we're going to do this. We're going to write a novel. We're going to do this thing. And during the course of the year, what I discovered changed... The direction of the project, right? We, we had to take time and breaks and pauses and things happened. The scope of the project became something more, something greater than just I'm going to write a novel. It became about me making a change, a significant change, not the one you're going to find in a quick book or here on one episode of a podcast, but a significant change that really only comes from taking some time and honestly examining your life while you fail to do what you set out to do. And I know that's weird. So let's set the scene because some of you maybe you're not in this, haven't been in this since the beginning. So if you joined us 52 weeks ago, I had recently recovered from COVID and, and my long term companion, my beloved dog Maggie, uh, had finally passed um, at, at like the miraculous age of 18 my dog had finally uh passed away and i was thinking a lot about my mortality i was thinking about my inevitable death um and what i was going to leave behind that was really where it was right that was where this whole idea came from it was me thinking wow i i had covid i look and i didn't end up in the hospital on a ventilator but it hit me pretty hard i was actually convinced i was going to be in a hospital a couple of days um So I I decided I was going to do a novel and the best way to do that was to have this public accountability system by tying the podcast to the writing of the novel. It's not a bad idea when you really think about it. It's, It's, you know, it's a thing. So and I'm going to try to write a novel in a year. And I figured if worse came to worse, I would at least make good progress on a novel by the end of the year. And I had an idea. I'd always been kicking around this idea for a couple of years about a novel idea. Some of it based in in various parts of my life. The military, my time in the insurance industry. You know, different things, thoughts, beliefs that I have that were coalescing around a character and a story and, and eventually a plot. And we started that way. We started with, okay, here we go. And I quickly derailed. I did, I very quickly derailed. Go back and listen. I very quickly derailed from getting the novel done. Why? So here's why, right? We have the old the oft quote the oft cited quote the unexamined life is not worth living. And I have a theory on this after a year of doing this, that we often talk about uh we, we talk about examining our lives. We like the concept that we are examining our lives, but we don't really look at them. True self-examination, honest self-examination, is hard. And it's tough. And we have to accept a lot of things. And the worst of those things are the things that we can't change. You know, I've always been a writer. This is some bullshit I went through with aspiring coaches years ago was they were like, I give Matt permission to call himself a writer. Well, I've always been a writer. Titles are kind of meaningless, right? You're the grand poobah of the religion of the shoes in your closet if you want to be that. So that was never what this was about. But that's the reason I bring that story up is because that's the kind of self-development examining life horseshit that we do these days. We sit down, we think, we go, hey, yeah, okay, cool, I can embrace the term writer. I'm a writer. And then we sit down and we don't write the damn novel again. We sit down and we can't get the poems out because we claim the title poet, but writing poems is is still hard. We still worry about what other people will think. We're still concerned about where we're going to go. And if I'm really honest with you, over the last year, that's what really derailed me, is a whole lot of these little things that just never got dealt with. A lot of them. Like, I started this podcast with the name. The name was originally Adventures in Storytelling. I changed it to Confessions of a Working Writer. One, because I thought it was more appropriate. And two, because Working Writer was a tongue-in-cheek joke. Because I was a copywriter. I was. And I'll tell you, right now, without shame or problem with the statement, copywriters are unappreciated creatures, and it's kind of a miserable way to earn a living sometimes. It really is. Don't lie. By copywriters who are listening to me, don't pretend you're super thrilled writing what you write. It's kind of a, a joyless way to make a living. You sit down, you're technically writing, it's not really what you want to do. You're functionally just editing someone else's words to make them sound better. At its worst level, you're diving deep into, like, SEO statistics and everything else and figuring out, like, what matches so that we can get them searched properly because we want to ride the wave of popularity because that's how we do things now. We ride the popularity wave. It sucks. And nobody has fun doing it. right? Like, it sucks and nobody has fun doing it. The people that do are smiling in their marketing company photos like I did and saying, oh, I love copywriting. Well, we don't. I have a day job that I can do. Right? I have a day job that I can do. It's not bad, but I don't love it. It doesn't scratch and fulfill the need deep within me. And when I started this project, that was where I was at. I was like, huh, well, I'm finally a working writer. I'm working and making money and doing this, and ha-ha, I'm doing it as a writer. And that's what I always wanted to. And I used to think that was really clever. I did. I used to think that was a really clever, like, shift of the window to say, well, now I acknowledge that I'm more working writer and it feels good. But let's just own that for what it is. It's an out-and-out lie. Right? It is. It's an out-and-out lie. This is not the dream I had as a child. And it isn't. This is not the dream that I had as a child. You know, this is a technical win. Right? I get paid to write You know, just like technical writers and everybody else. So yeah, technically now you're a working writer, and technically you're getting paid to write. And at the same time, it's not what you dreamed of doing when you were a child, and you're kidding yourself if you try to shoehorn it into that. So over the course of the year, I had to confront a lot of these things in my head. And that's pretty par for the course for my life, honestly, but... I did, look, I had to confront the fact that, that I did this blog, 100 Connections, and I was very proud of it. And I'm still proud of the project that I did and the reasons that I did it. I am not proud of everything that came out of that. 100 Connections was neat, but it was kind of like opening a mystery cave, and you're like, what's in it? And some really cool stuff came out of the cave, and some fucking garbage came out of the cave, too. And some of that garbage is of my creation, and some of that garbage is of other people's creation, to be perfectly fair with you. But this was the year when I had to sit down and honestly look at that as, as a project and go, was I really happy with it? I'm happy with the parts of it that I did. I'm happy with the things that I intended to do, the outcome, the things that I could control, the way that I carried myself through the project. That all I am happy about. You know, I am not happy about a lot of other stuff with it. But it's also stuff I can't control, so I just let it go. You know, I've been keeping the URL up on that site and all, and this was the year I stopped paying for it because it wasn't worth it. Right? This was the year when I looked at my comfortable and cozy and, frankly, easy marketing gig and went, no. Not because the money wasn't good, and, and honestly, not even because there was no future in it for me. Those are rationalizations, but because it sucked my soul It's not creating, right? Not by my definition. You have yours. There's no objective reality. It's fine. But by my definition, it wasn't creating. It was just sitting there and taking notes for other people. And it it really made me miserable in a large amount of circumstances. Right? This this is the thing. This is the crazy part of this. There is a really crazy part to a year of examining your life. I'm not even sure how to talk about it. I'm kind of meandering around a bunch because there's a ton of stuff that happened and I don't want to keep you on a podcast for two years. I want to take a break, for God's sakes. I've been doing this every week for a year. 53 episodes, if you count the thing I did after January 6th. Like, 53 episodes, dude. That's a lot. But I'm thinking on the year. And I could think on all the stuff that happened, and I could think on all the things I confronted. And I decided to just come out with what the lesson at the end of the day was. The unvarnished, honest lesson that I took away. And I'm speaking primarily to aspiring writers um, in similar positions to the one that I'm in. But also to anyone who's kind of got a dream or this, if this resonates with you, then good. But I'm going to give you the unvarnished thing. The true unvarnished, like, end of 52 weeks. What's your inspirational message, Matt? Tell us it's going to be so wonderful. We can feel good and lock it away in a little pocket protector. I don't know. Fuck, I'm not pocket protector, really. I'm just rambling now. But you get the point, right? We can take your sacred bit of wisdom that we can get in a soundbite and we can put it with our other sacred sound bites and we'll play it later and then we know we own the wisdom. Alright, so here it is. Living the life you want to live is tough. It is. It's hard. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm tired of, of motivational coaches bullshitting you. Oh, it's just out there outside of your reach. No, it's fucking not. It's hard. Living the life you want to live is tough. Walking away from a job that made me absolutely miserable was tough. It's continued to be tough. It wasn't easy. Moving around trying to live your dream and respect other people's dreams, it's tough. There's a lot of reasons this is tough. You know, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of people that don't give a shit about you. There's a lot of people that only give a shit about their dreams. There's a lot of people that don't listen to anybody. There's a lot of people that don't want to listen to anybody. There's a lot of people that want you to listen to them. There's a lot of worry about what people like. There's social media, which is a fucking garbage platform just pumping shit into your brain. There's a lot of stuff that makes living the life you want to live hard. There's how do you market your book? How do you write your book? What's the appropriate length? What are the plot points? What's this? What's that? And in this world, you can be overwhelmed with random bullshit instead of just getting out there and doing it. So what did I learn over a year? Well, I spent a large time of that year full of that shit. Over-researching, over-thinking, over-analyzing, over worried about this, worried about that, wondering where I was here, listening to people tell me how in favor of my idea they were, how against my idea they were, how this or that went. It didn't matter. It was all noise. An average year in your life is going to have a lot of noise. And if you take a minute, you'll listen and you'll hear a signal through it. I honestly didn't really know what I was going to talk about today. I didn't. What did I learn in a year? A ton. How the fuck do I distill it? But then, because I needed it to happen or it just was the time, a moment happened on, on Saturday. See, my girlfriend and I decided to get out of the house. And in Charleston, South Carolina, it's not hell, but it is next door. And the temperature usually reflects that in August. So we decided to go out and and do something that I particularly love that she loves and go to a bookstore. And we went to the large retail big box bookstore that I worked at for a while and still have friends at. And I had talked about getting, you know, I've been working the novel again for the last month or two, really diving into it and trying. And I was like, you know, I want to get some books that kind of are experimenting with techniques I'm interested in novels written by other people. Um, some of whom I've read before; these are just novels of theirs I haven't. Um, in the case of one uh, one writer, um, Jeff Vandermeer, I've never read Jeff Vandermeer stuff, but it was recommended to me by a writing friend that that we're similar in some things, and I went, "Cool, let me take a look." So I went to buy some books. I love buying books. My writing friends probably do this, too. I love buying books. I don't care if I'm in a retail bookstore or a used bookstore. I love buying books. The presence of books is comforting to me. It always has been since I was a child. And we walked in, and we perused the store left to right over and over, and I saw friends that I had, and I waved and said, hi. And then we went to this little to this little counter where where a group of managers who were all friends that I had worked with there, were there, and we talked and laughed, and we talked to to Shandi, who's manager manager. and And Shandi is is an incredible influence in my life, and I don't know if she listens to this or not, but she has been uh, since I met her, she's really helped carry me through some stuff and some things she said have stuck in my mind. And Shondi and, and me and my girlfriend, Marianne, start talking about the work and the novel. And Marianne is talking about how wonderful what I write is and how I just lose confidence and I need people behind me and, you know, I just need to work on it. And Shondi does what she's really good at, to be honest with you, and puts a foot to my butt and is like, you oh, you know, and I'm like, look, there's not a ton of business in August, you know, and Shondi's like, well, why, you know, the, the overwhelming consensus being, why are you not writing more in the month of August? Why are you not just like, if you have all this extra time, why are you not just cranking out the writing? Why are you limiting yourself to this or that or the other? Why are you not just face first, full on for this one thing, this novel that's supposed to be so important? You know, people are talking about, I want to read chapters. I want to see it. And it hit me. That was the signal. See, when you transmit a radio signal, it goes out through a whole bunch of noise. And when you ever watch the old movies where they're tra- working the transceiver, trying to get the signal, trying to isolate it, that's what they're doing. They're isolating the signal from the noise. So here's what I learned in the last year. And I know I talked about it earlier in the year, and it's still the biggest lesson. There is a lot of noise. We live in the most connected world ever with a shitload of of noise. You can make a good living being a propagator and purveyor of random noise. And the random noise comes in all different kinds of environ of flavors and colors and textures and shapes. From political grifting bullshit convincing you that we're on the brink of a civil war and you better hurry up and stock up on your Patriot food supply generator refundable, foldable Swiss Army gun you heard me, to rage baiting about popular culture and this does this and that does that and can't we go back to another time and yada 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 even though I'm only 20 and don't even remember the older time I'm fucking talking about, to motivational guru, just visualize your world and it will come to you to this is the best way to do the thing that you do, to look how awesome I am, look at my vacation, look at my tan at the pool, look at my Taco Bell, look at my five-star meal, look at my brunch. Look how happy everything is. It's enough noise to crush you. It's enough noise to crush you. It's enough noise to make you lose hope. And do you want to know why I stopped working on the novel? Because the noise did its job and I lost hope. That's what happened. I lost hope. It got crushed by the noise. But we like happy endings, so here's a happy ending. In a bookstore on a Saturday, I caught a quick whistle of the signal again and then I started remembering other places I get the signal from and remembering why I do this and realizing there's a reason there's a message there's someone I'm actually writing for there's things going on there's stuff I need to do it's not over yet there's still things I have to do there's stories to be told there's a book to be written I'm not going to lie to you guys, the signal is really faint. you got to really focus on finding and hearing it. And it can't just come from within you. You've got to hear it from outside of you, too, because that's where the noise comes from. The noise can crush a signal inside of you, but if you got a signal coming from outside and you tune in on it hard enough, you can hear it through the noise, and it gets louder and louder and louder. You've got to separate it. So Saturday I heard the noise. And then Saturday I came home and uh, the little productivity planner that I use for entrepreneurs, that if you like them, that's fine, but they've never worked for me. They just make me feel like shit. It got put away then the uh, multiple colored markers to help me come up with a neat organizational bullet-pointing system so that I can have everything done and understand the priorities at a quick glance got put away. Then the motivational podcasts and the entrepreneurial self-development awesome badasses of the world bullshit got deleted. And I got rid of all the noise. I sat down with a simple big fountain pen. Well, pilot fountain pen. can't remember my fountain pen without looking at it. I sat down with a simple pilot fountain pen and a Leuterm journal. And I opened it up and I started writing. And I tuned everything else out. I don't give a shit what the price of Bitcoin is. I don't particularly care how close we are to Civil War, how much I need a journal, or a rainwater filtration system, or an extra firearm. I got back to what I do. I'm a writer. Not because someone told me I can have the title. Not because I reached up and grabbed it out of the air at a Tony Robbins event. But because it's just what I am. It's who I am. I write. So I sat down, I put pen to paper, and I wrote. And then on Sunday, I sat down, and I put pen to paper, and I wrote. And I'm recording this to get it out to you. And afterwards, I will sit down with a pen and paper, and I will write. And I will write every free moment I can in August. I will endurance trial this entire month. I will burn it down trying because I hear the signal again. And if I'm honest with you, I haven't heard the signal for 20 years. 20 years since I felt that kind of ignite in me again. So what changed in a year? Well, I set out to write a novel, but I wasn't equipped to. Not, Not emotionally, not spiritually, not mentally. So I took the hits, I worked and I lived, I made some changes, some of them good, some of them dangerous. And in the end, I wasn't sure what to do. But the ultimate point is I was taking a journey without looking at the destination. I was just watching the journey. And maybe that's the flaw of my whole, like, I'm going to write a novel in years. I was too busy looking at the destination and not busy enough looking at the journey. And maybe that's why it failed early. And I just kept recording talking about the journey to wherever the hell I was going. But where I ended up was a place with a clarity I have not felt in 20 years. 20 years. Place, I guess I always thought, hoped I would get back to, but never thought I would. I thought it was something you only did when you were younger. By the time you got into your middle ages, then it went away. In the end, by just focusing on the journey, I got to the destination. And now we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to load it up for y'all. I'm going to let y'all listen to it and say and think what you will. I'm gonna walk away from social media, I'm gonna turn off all the noise, and I'm gonna work. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna do my day job. I got other requirements that have to be done. I gotta buy groceries, I gotta pay bills, I've got work clients that I work with, they'll still get their work done. But the moments not being dedicated to that are now focused again. And that is incredible. That was a journey really worth taking. It's been 52 weeks. 52 confessions of me, Matt, just another working writer. And it's been a journey I really needed to take. And one that I'm really excited about now that I've ended it. So, I'm going to end this episode. Don't worry. I'll take a little break. But we'll be back. We've got a season three coming in September. We're just going to take a little break and relax. Do some writing. Read some writers. Take some walks. Tell some stories. Work on a novel. We're going to tune out the noise for a while. Just listen to the signal. Hopefully this journey's helped some of you. Hopefully y'all just start realizing maybe you just need to focus on the journey and not worry so much about the destination. Anyway, whether that's a great ending or a anticlimactic one, that's the end of the journey, everybody. So until September and season three, Let's do this one more time. I'm Matt, just a working writer. This has been my confession. I will see you all again in September. Till then, take care and just pay attention to the road that you're on.